This is episode 18 of the Rising Man podcast with Defy. Yate. What up, everybody? Welcome back to the Rising Man podcast. I am your host and the creator of this show, Jetty Azuma. And I am so, so excited to bring you guys the episode that I have today. But also, I'm just grateful for another opportunity to talk to y'all. This is amazing. I get to do this every single week. And now in the month of June, we're starting to ramp it up to two episodes a week. Oh my goodness. So grateful to all of you guys who are tuning in for the first time. Grateful to every single one of you risers who's tuning in every single week and sharing up these episodes and giving me some love. I am so, so grateful for everything that you are contributing to this community because clearly we're on the rise. The Facebook group just keeps growing. We're getting more interaction, more comments, more feedback from you guys. I really feel it. And we're just over a couple months into this thing. So amazing what we're doing right now. And while I'm thinking about it, for any of you guys who are listening right now and you're not part of the Rising Man Facebook group, I don't know where you've been, but go ahead, go over to facebook.com slash group slash the rising man. Get yourself in the group today. And if you're already in the group, make sure you invite a couple buddies of yours because you guys know how much I care about the guys who don't have a space where they can be vulnerable with each other, where we can be transparent about our experiences, about our wins, about our challenges, about everything that we're going through. The Rising Man Facebook group is where it's at and where it's happening. And also, specifically to those of you guys who are still doing it on your own, still haven't found a way to reach out, still hiding out in the shadows because you don't have the confidence or you're worried about what people will think if you start to speak out and ask for some support. Or maybe you're like me and you just suck at asking for help. (laughs) I used to suck at asking for help. I'm getting better at it. But maybe you still suck at asking for help. Please, right now, hear me out. Send a message to me on Facebook. Jetty Azuma, Facebook Messenger, hit me up. If you don't use Facebook Messenger, send me an email, jettyazuma at gmail.com. You don't even need to explain. Just tell me that what I said to you at the top of that episode landed and it shook something up in you. And we'll set up a conversation and we'll figure out where you're at and what you need to do next to get your life on the roll. Because if you are not rolling your lives, fellas, if you are not lit up every single day by what you're doing, there's a problem. Okay, it doesn't mean everything in your life is wrong. It just means there's something out of alignment and you get to figure it out. You get to fix that. And it's very difficult to do that on your own. Trust me, I tried to do it. And the only way that I've been able to get to where I am is by asking for help and getting it. So hit me up, you guys. I really mean that. You guys who have done that, I've had more and more messages every time I put this message out. That's why I'm going to keep ramming it down your throats because I know that there's guys out there who are just hesitating to reach out. And I don't want you guys to be stuck. So please reach out. Do it on behalf of yourself, on behalf of everybody in your life who depends on you. It's just the first step. Okay, I'm done with that rant. On to this episode. Um, Actually, before we go into the episode, let me remind you guys that we are celebrating Father's Month in the month of June because one day is simply not enough. And we already had our first special Father's Month episode drop earlier this week. And I'm really excited for the next episode that's coming up. I'm not exactly going to tell you guys who it is, but it's a really special guest. It's a really special opportunity for me to interview this man and to uh, share this interview with you guys. So stay tuned for that episode coming up next Monday. All right. But for this one, let's focus all of our attention back to this episode. 
I've got to tell you guys, I've been really excited to interview this man for months. And I was hitting him up on his DMs, on Instagram, on Facebook, trying to track this man down. He's a busy man and he's doing a lot out there in the world. And he finally got, I finally got in touch with him and he agreed to be on here very graciously. My man Defy is an Albuquerque native representing the Southwest hip hop scene. He fell into emceeing and beat making while he was growing up in the Diné Reservation as a young percussionist and poet. He has a unique style of hip hop. He considers his verses to be prayers and his performances to be ceremonies. By delivering his intricate rhyme schemes at blazing speeds, he has caught the attention of radio shows and hip hop advocates across the world, most recently being featured on Sway in the Morning on Sirius XM. Big props to that, bro. Not only are his rhymes dope, but his message carries the legacy of the Diné people, the teachings he received from his elders on the reservation, and all of his experience with making his dream a reality. Let me tell you guys, this is a special man right here, okay? I, 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 don't, I don't say that lightly. I know everybody I bring on here is special in their own way, but a lot of you guys probably don't know who Defy is yet. When you listen to his music, you're gonna understand. We got a special one right here. And when you listen to what he shares in this episode, you're gonna see there's a lot of depth to this man and what he's creating in the world and the vision he has for the future. On top of that, straight up humble dude. No joke. All right, so some of the things we talk about in this episode, just to give you guys a taste, uh, Defy spoke about growing up in the hip hop scene, which is something I could really relate to. Hip hop was how I fell in love with music to begin with, the poetry and the rhyme schemes and the creativity. And so Defy speaks to his experience growing up in that scene, the different male influences on boys and men, like the different males that show up in our lives that influence us on our journey from boyhood to manhood, uh, doing whatever it takes to make your dreams happen. He's got such a compelling story. I can't wait for you guys to check it out. Um, how to use music, poetry, and performance to impact the globe and inspiring younger generations to live to their fullest and to help heal the world. I will say no more. I hope you guys enjoyed this episode. I present to you Defy. All right, we've got Defy in the building, man. What's up? How you doing, bro? Hey, what's up? It's good to be here. Good to be alive today. How are you? I'm doing really well, man. I'm glad that we finally got to connect. We caught up a little bit before we started recording here. And I forgot to ask you where you're calling in from today. Where are you at right now? Today, uh, finally back home in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Recently just got off a tour. I'm about to head out once again, but had a few days off here over the weekend. Also had a pretty busy weekend uh, to end this to, the tour here in my hometown with an album release party. So I just put out a new album with my live band. It feels great to be home. I miss the, everything about it, you know, no matter where you're at, there's no place like home, wherever home is, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, I could totally relate. And uh, I appreciate you even more, you know, taking some time to chat with us on one of your day, first days back. So <laughs> much love, man. No problem, man. Um, cool. So, you know, as, I, as I'll mention in the intro to this episode, one of the most compelling things about you for me is, you know, you're a young man who's who grew up on the res, who you know took to hip hop, and you've used that as a way to express yourself and, and share the message that you carry. And so, well, I'm really looking forward to capturing that and sharing that with the audience. But before we go into that, I'm going to ask you a question. I ask everybody who comes on the show, and to you, what is the difference between a boy and a man? Hmm, that's a really good question. I can't necessarily define it by the book, but 
I know it takes a lot of experience, knowledge, wisdom, and growth, not just biologically, but mentally, spiritually, metaphysically, to become a fully developed man, I guess you would say. Even though maybe a person may become legally at the age of 21, doesn't necessarily mean that he is a fully grown man, sort of speak. Biologically, yes, but as you grow from a teenager, you know, you have, you grow spurts and you go through a lot of changes in life from how you think from a child to growing into understanding the world, how it works, even beyond the world, learning more about the universe and other cultures. And with all that becomes, you know, you're learning ways of life, I guess you would say through customs and traditions that have passed through, through family, family, generation to generation. And all within that comes these teachings that help one person become acquainted with the world's ways enough to understand like, hey, man, this is how it works. So becoming a man in that sense is is a um, process you kind of have to go through. Certain times, you know, certain cultures might have like rites of passages that have to happen before a boy can become accepted into maybe the village or certain communities as a man. And I feel like today as a modern human being in today's world, in the United States of America, we certain, um don't have some of those types of rites of passages. But as a Diné person, I feel like, you know, we were raised to have a lot of respect for our maternal side of the family. And by nature that I am actually closer to my maternal side of the family and adhere to the mothers as being like the main head of the family, so to speak. As a youth, I was also raised primarily through my maternal side. My paternal side was definitely there too. I can't negate the fact of that. But for some reason or another, I was a lot closer to my maternal side of the family. My maternal grandfather passed on, but he was uh, there for me and instilled a lot of teachings from our ancient ways to now. Um, my dad, I'm cool with now, and we definitely hang out all the time. But as a person who's in you know my early 30s, I consider him to be kind of more than a friend of mine than to be someone who really kind of was there to raise me up. My mother was a big part of me becoming uh, who I am today. So a lot of hip-hop artists and just a lot of people in general, I noticed they are um, raised by their single parent. Sometimes it's maybe even more than sometimes it's their mother who maybe raises that person. Like, so in hip hops, in a hip hop setting too, like we kind of look at the mother as being like the, I don't know, like kind of like a goddess, so to speak, more than just uh, a mother who sometimes, you know, in modern rap society can be de um, depicted as being, uh, you know, degraded in certain ways, certain songs, but that's not the really the type of hip hop or the culture that I was raised in, kind of taught to re uh, respect Mother Earth first as a human being. But a Diné man is, uh, it's very tough to, to really describe and define it, but, you know, growing up on the res, it's, it's different for everybody. But being a man, I think is it's a, it takes a lot of teachings in order to live the lifestyle of how a man should really be. Ideally, I think trying to give a good example of a good man right now. There's a lot of good friends of mine that are good men, but I think my, my grandfather Eddie Mike was a def, good definition of a man. He was always there to taking care of his family, and he didn't leave the earth uh, without taking care of us. I mean, he was always there for us in certain ways, and I just wish I, I miss him a lot, though. So I really got to give a lot of respect to all good men out there, and then everybody is becoming yeah. uh, a man right now too. 
um, I'm still learning. You know, I'm in my younger 30s of how to really become a man. I make mistakes a lot too. And I mean, I realize nobody's perfect, but I'm trying to like be the best man I can. And it's really hard to do that in today's society with so much things are going on right now. But, you know, shout out to all the good men out there. Encourage everybody to try to just be good people. And I think the good things will come back in return to those men out there who are good to others. Yeah, man, it's a beautiful answer too. I, I'm, I'm grateful you gave us a peek into the Diné culture and the Diné ways. Because to me, I see so many uh, men out there who I've been in conversation with and communication with who who don't have a strong lineage or a strong legacy or a strong connection. You know, many men out there, many people in general, don't have a culture or a tradition that they can remember past their the living ancestor that they got to know. So for most of us, that's like a grandparent, sometimes a great grandparent. But before that, we don't have much that we can really connect to. So in what you shared about men and what you've learned in what it means to be a man from from your traditions it sounds like a man is someone who has learned to take care of himself enough to where he can learn to take care of other people and to me that's something that you you can't say that that happens at a certain age and it's probably very different and looks a lot of different ways for all different kinds of men and you also mentioned that you grew up without your it sounds like your dad wasn't really like he was around but he wasn't one of the ones who really raised you so I wanted to ask you about that. What was it like to not to, for the dynamic you had of the men, the men who were around in your life? What kind of influence did they have on you growing up? Yeah, my dad was around to an extent, but uh, you know, I think it all starts with how we are raised as a ch- as children. If you don't have a parent there to teach you how to become a man, then how are you going to teach your offspring how to become men? My dad was adopted into a family. And uh, so therefore, I kind of have like an extra family there, extra grandmothers who were helping out raise my father. And in that return, like he, he's, he's, you know, does the best he can. He's a good, he's a good man for sure. But he did the best he could with the cards he was dealt with. So I, I never like disregard the fact that, hey, he did the best he could. My grandfather, well, he was a great leader. Um, right when I was born, he was already kind of leading our the community in the area, Sonosti, New Mexico. He was a chapter president. He was a huge advocate for education and getting um, all of our people educated so they would be able to adapt and live in today's society and still be successful. He was also a traditional man. He was practicing uh, Native American church and older um, traditions and ceremonies. So he was almost like a medicine man in certain ways too, but he was very wise and helped build a lot of like foundings in the community educationally and with community. He was a principal, a teacher. A lot of my family from both sides of the family are com- coming from like an educational background, eventually became educators themselves. So a lot of the men that were in my life, especially my grandfather on my maternal side, he was uh, there to teach me that, hey, education is important, learn as much as you can, and always there to put me in check when I did something wrong. So uh, I got to give thanks to him. And he was always there for me, definitely since the end so i mean but look forward to i mean there really is no end i want to think that too so but uh, him you know i had a couple baseball coaches uh like that were there to help me i noticed like on the reservations out here when it comes to positive male role models in your life at that time it was kind of hard to find somebody that uh that i could look up to as 
as a youth. So maybe being in my sports groups, you know, I looked up to a lot of our coaches because, you know, they were the ones to help us out, whether it be basketball, baseball, football. You know, they kind of give you some pointers and help you help guide you to become a better athlete. And with those kind of fundamental teachings, you know, you could apply those teachings into regular life, too, to help you become a better person. At this time, you may not realize it as a kid, but mm-hmm. later looking back, you're like, oh, OK, I see what he was saying. Yeah, sometimes those seeds get planted, right? Yeah, and we don't yeah, they don't flower until much later. <laughs> seeds get planted and hopefully, yeah, grow. But um, the, the, I got to give it out to my grandfather, though. Right he was on. probably the main my main um, positive male role model I had in my life. And besides that, going back to music, I think like a lot of the MCs I was listening to, as a youth, they became some of my mentors, sort of speak, without even them knowing it, just from listening to their verses and what they were saying, whether it had a positive or negative influence on my life. As a youth, music, you love music too. I mean, everybody seems to gravitate towards getting some type of good feeling out of music. And it just happened so naturally. Music was a big part of my therapy as a youth growing up. So some of my people I looked up to, positive male role models, were a lot of rappers and MCs, some of which um, I listened to so much different kinds of rap too. So it was like from the gangster rap to real conscious rap too. So I was able to decipher and differentiate MCs from one another and positive messages were the ones that definitely stuck. And that's probably how I became an MC today who tends to not use profanity in my lyrics. So a lot of good rhyme content out there from great MCs helped me um, grow as a person too. I I love that. I love that you bring that in because um, so often we focus on the mentors we had who were actually in our life that we either lived with under the same roof or that coached our baseball or our basketball team or an uncle who lived nearby. But, you know, I look back and I realized that a lot of my own life was shaped around the icons yeah. that I looked up to or the, the, the men that I, that I witnessed from a distance. And so, you know, looking at a guy like you, an artist, most of the time, the artists that influence us are not right in our backyard. So, um, so maybe tell us a little bit more about that. Like what were some of the, and, and, and from a perspective of, um, a young man growing up, uh, you grew up on the reservation or, or just off of it? On and off. Uh, I was born and raised in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Then I moved to the reservation at a young age. Okay. And just always was back and forth um, everywhere since in between that time. Okay. Okay. So so just the perspective of a guy who was growing up, you know, on and off the reservation in central New Mexico, you know, uh, what was that? What was that experience like for you and, and bridging the gap between where you were living and what it looked like growing up and the influences that you were looking to out in the world in hip hop? Yeah, I think uh, hip hop kind of almost found us in a certain way because out in the middle of nowhere in the high desert, New Mexico, you wouldn't expect the the root of hip hop to stretch that far. But, you know, it's a worldwide culture. And I think that it's influenced me on both on and off the res. Growing up from the central New Mexico in the desert, you kind of have to earn your stripes, so to speak, if you're going to be from a certain place or not even. Uh, when I was growing up, I guess bridging the gap between the res and the city was pretty difficult because when I was in the city, you know, there's not that many Native Americans or First Nations people, indigenous folks that are necessarily in your class. And then when you move out onto the reservation, after being kind of accustomed to an urban setting, people kind of like look at you like, hey, man, you maybe not be like one of us. So in that sense, you kind of have to earn your stripes, so to speak. Um, you know, like I was going back to like little rites of passages, you know, that might even just happen at a, at a, at a, 
the age of being a youth, you might have to prove to your student body that you can actually hang out and be one of them. Um, coming from an urban setting, yeah, it was different right away, but I blended in eventually, made a lot of great friends, lifelong friends of mine. And I think the reservation influenced me in certain ways too, because it really wanted, um, after growing up on the reservation, you realize that, hey, if you're going to want to make an impact and help others or, you know, achieve whatever you want to do in life, your dreams, you're going to have to go out and get it for yourself or go out and travel because the opportunities on the res reservation are very limited and you kind of have to just do it yourself, so to speak. And it takes a lot of effort to be able to make it out there. So I give a lot of respect to everybody, whether you're doing it through school or, you know, back then we had ROTC drill instructors. I never really wanted to go that, that route though. So I stuck with music because the music was speaking to my heart as a youth and on the reservation became a percussionist and a poet and found out that, you know, hip hop had a great outlet for a positive expression for anybody. So I just found my niche through poetry and, and drums and became an MC because I felt like that was the way, the way out for me to get out of the reservation and see the world and travel as much as I can doing what I love and meeting other people on the same path and many others as well. So it's been a great experience growing up out here in the middle of New Mexico. You wouldn't expect it to, you know, be such a way, but it's it's a beautiful place. New Mexico is, has a great setting out here and I can't say enough about it, but I'm glad, I'm glad to be here. Yeah, it's, it's one of my favorite places in the world. I had the great fortune of spending some time out on the res in, uh, in 2010 when I was finishing up my schooling. And um, it still is like one of my favorite places, not in just the United States, but in the world. It's so beautiful out there. And the culture is, is so rich from, from the people who have inhabited it and, and held it down out there. So lots of, lots of love to the Diné people out there, man, and everybody else holding it down in the Southwest. Um, you mentioned something about, uh, at least for me, what I was hearing was you starting to talk about your purpose. And that's a big thing that we talk about on the show here because I believe that so many men who feel lost or who feel at a loss for what to do in their lives is because they haven't identified or given themselves permission to pursue that purpose, that calling, that that thing that you can't not do in your life. And obviously for you, at least part of that is hip hop. So do you remember the moment when that became clear to you or how hip hop, you know, came upon you and became the thing that you were going to pursue for your life? Yeah, I really do. I remember that exact moment. And it's interesting that we that you mentioned that because it it, ta um, it brings me back to a moment of after I had this experience in high school at a university in Texas. I was at a, an upward bound student and I had this weird deja vu where that I've never had unlike any other deja vu in my life before and after that moment. But it was almost like a reverse deja vu kind of effect where you almost know what's going to happen before the deja vu happens. And <laughs> from that point on, you're just like kind of mind gets blown away. But normally for me, like in an, a, some kind of occasion or occurrence happens and then it signals to my brain that you're having a deja vu. This was the opposite where I'm like almost about to pinpoint when the deja vu is about to happen. Anyway, I didn't know the significance of it because the dream of the deja vu happened when I was a little kid. And later as a teenager in the actual experience, um, less than a minute after that deja vu, 
I, I was wondering why, what was going to happen next, because I remember this dream as a kid. And here I am living the dream that I dreamt of as a kid now or something like that. So way uh, at that moment, less than a minute away, we get a call from on the intercom from our directors or people who were coordinating the whole Upward Bound program. And they said, we have to, we're having a talent show in five minutes and everybody has to report to the auditorium. And that's when I stopped and paused. I was like, oh, this is what the dream was about. This is why this deja vu is very significant in my life. Sometimes the deja vus happen and there's nothing really major. It's just like, oh, I'm having a deja vu or whatever. This was different. So our director from our our direct camp, she didn't tell us about this talent show. So there was like 60 of us from all over the country in one little huddle. She's asking every one of us, we need two people to do a talent, uh, show your showcase, some kind of talent. What can everybody do? You know, as a teenager, as a, ch- as a youth, you're, you're, you're very nervous and I'm sometimes not very confident to be able to share a talent with anybody, let alone like a thousand students, you know, and teachers and people in an auditorium. So I was nervous. And I think about times where somebody gives you a quote to tell you certain quotes to give you inspiration to to let you know that you got to execute when your time is calling or when you're when you're getting a calling in life, be ready for it or some certain quotes like that that come to mind along those lines. Anyway, I was thinking about that. I was like, okay, this is that time for me now. So I was nervous and I wasn't confident. Like I said, I was just a, a youth growing up. I didn't speak out. I just uh, kind of let the let the calling pass me by, so to speak. So I was really disappointed in a little bit. And I was like against the corner and I just trying to like not be, uh, not try not to stand out. So my director wouldn't like try to call upon me, but she somehow weaved her way through all of us. And she comes us comes up to me and my back's against the wall. She's like, Chris, I know you could do something. I know you got a talent. <laughs> and I was like, well, I just thought, like, thought about it deep down inside. I was like, oh, I have these two verses that I have that I wrote before I flew out here. And uh, that's all I have. And she's like, okay, well, can you say them for me? So I say the, I say the two verses and she was really impressed. So she's like, okay, that'll work. That'll work. You got to get up there right now. There was no time to waste. There was, um, our group was up next and I was really nervous, but I went up there huge spotlight on me and I couldn't see the crowd because it was my first time in that kind of stage lighting and setting. And I did my verses. I didn't expect to get the kind of reaction that I got that, that, that moment. I get, um, even to this day, I don't really get that kind of response at any show. That one moment was the time where everybody just jumped up out of their seats <laughs> and they were so hyped at like the, the verses that I spit. And um, it shocked me because I didn't expect that. And I just remember hearing my little uh, camp that I had, 60 of us, way at the top of the auditorium. And they were just yelling out, Chris, Chris, Chris. And I couldn't see him, but I could just hear him. And I thought that was like the greatest feeling for me as a kid. I was like, wow, this is something that I could do that people appreciate that I love so much. And I I didn't realize that they would love it too. So at that point on, everybody kind of identified me from the whole upper bound camp as like, oh, you're that rapper guy. You're the rapper guy. And (laughs) I I was about to become a mathematician or something, you know what I mean? Maybe a scientist or something. And then at that point on, I was like, okay, this is something that I could do, something I could be good at. More people were trying to, um, um, I guess you say, encourage me to continue onward with that path. And at that moment, I realized like, hey, I got to follow this dream now from here on out because it led me here and just keep on going. And I've, ever since then, I've been at it. So I try to encourage people to follow your dreams if you can. I mean, as simple mm. and cliche as that sounds, 
it's got me to where I am today. Just being on a relentless grind and not giving up really helped me get here as well as um, sober mind state. I quit drinking like four years ago. So it's taken a lot for me to like kind of grow. Like I said, I'm still learning how to, to be a man today. Even, um, yeah, man, it's, it's tough. Yeah. Well, it's such a great story, man. Uh, it's like, it's like a movie moment, it really right? Was, we, man. we don't get too many of those movie moments yeah, in our lives. It <laughs> was, it really was. So that was the moment for me that really, uh, let me know that I was like, Hey, this is what you're meant to do. Or, you know, this dream is important. Mm. So don't, don't let it pass you by. Just keep going for it. You know, there's so many better ways that could be that could be graciously said. But yeah, man, it was, it was definitely a movie moment. Yeah, and and you know that's that's one thing, man. Is is whether you're an artist, a performer, a mathematician, like you said, a, 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 each one of us is going to have a moment come up in our lives where we get to take that leap. And I think that um, whether we're afraid of failure or what people will think about us, something holds us back from taking that leap sometimes. So. It's inspiring to hear your story. And I think about if it was a movie, that would be the moment where everyone went crazy and then there would be like a montage of the next, you know, six to 12 months of your life or the next few years of your life, like, you know, grinding in the studio, hustling, performance shows, getting bigger and bigger. So <laughs> what was the what was the hustle like after that that helped you to hone your craft and become who you are now? The hustle was uh, took a lot of years, actually, because me and my best friend, we, my best friend, Wake Self and I, we moved from the reservation back to Albuquerque and we didn't have, you know, any uh, like financial backing at all. We were starting strictly as like from a grassroots level of emceeing. And I give a lot of respect to artists out there who can be able able to live the independent lifestyle that it as it as tough as it can be so as, as our independent artist wake and i started out kind of homeless in albuquerque so we would trade a lot of our studio time efforts um to basically stay at studios or find we would trade you know our verses basically to stay at people's houses or studios just to build and stuff and that allowed us a place to sleep <clears throat> and also work on our skills and grow as MCs in a studio. So we bounced around at a lot of different studios, went through a lot of different transitions. Eventually, we teamed up with our good friend, Randy B, who let us live in his art gallery. And from there, we would practice day in, day out, ciphering, open circles, doing basically any show we possibly could. Of course, we weren't getting paid at all. I mean, we would drive from Albuquerque to Tucson just for an open mic. And sometimes the people in Tucson or places we would travel would be like, you guys are crazy doing, coming out all the way out here just for an open mic. You guys are insane. So like we would just actually just thrive on getting out to do shows because it's what would, it's what made us happy as young men um, pursuing um, our love for music and our love for hip hop and love for lyricism at heart. That's what really drove us out there all these times. And I tried to be a student for a long time. I almost, I'm almost having a degree or finished with a psychology degree, but it got in the way of my travels as a lot, actually financially, mentally, physically, everything possible. I was having a hard time doing shows across states and then getting back to go to to college the next morning. So that was, it allowed me to, or basically forced me to put music, I mean, school on the back burner for a little bit. And music just took my, uh, most of my time and energy from that point on. Years later went on, we, we did a lot of shows. We used to host uh, a hip hop weekly in Albuquerque, New Mexico called Vinyl and Verses. And that was uh, every Wednesday. That's probably one of 
the, I guess you would say like a dojo, sort of speak for MCs, B-boys, B-girls, people who were dancing, DJs. That was like the one of the weeklies that we really gained more experience at, not only as MCs, but also as hosts, because we were bringing in a lot of other artists too, touring nationally and regionally. So all that like helped us grow as artists and learn the music grind essentially while still growing up as like young men, I guess you would say. Um, he helped him up. Yeah. Wake helped me a lot too, even uh, grow to learn about how to eat better, how to basically helped me out learning, helping teach me how to live better. And he was like a younger brother to me. So I brought him along with me on a lot of trips and He's, he's helped be a teacher and mentor to me too, even though he's like a, a younger man than I am. So going back to the thing we were mentioning on like, hey man, sometimes age doesn't necessarily have the final factor in who is a man or not in certain ways. So, um, and years later, yeah, we're touring now nationally, but a lot of these years and years of just grinding in certain ways, it helped us like basically... This, while you're working on these skills, these skills are also working on you too at the same time. So you may be working on your skills to be to, to get better at your skills, but these skills could also help you become a better person or a better man too in many ways. Ooh, I love that. I love that. When you're working on your skills, your skills are working on you too. That's, <laughs> that's powerful, man. And you know, it's amazing because I've, like I said, I've done a number of these interviews and there's common threads for everyone who comes on the show that mm. identifying a passion or a purpose and then giving everything that you have to that per- passion and purpose. Um, from what you said about, you know, trading, trading verses for, for, you know, a place to sleep at night. Like that's, you know, people don't do that unless they really care about something. And to go, um, to give everything that you have and more just to, just to make your dreams come true, man. That's, that's, that's not an ordinary type of thing. It's something I think everyone's capable of, but not everybody does it, right? Yeah, that's true. I understand. Like everybody has different callings to life, and some it's good to see the commonality between how different we are still, and we could still relate to one another in so many different ways, even though we're very different. It's it's a beautiful connection that we could still have, and sometimes as I've noticed as men, we kind of brush that aside sometimes maybe maybe we're too busy or maybe we're I guess you would say maybe you might be a little bit more too connected to your masculine side you might have to just like hey let the guard down a little bit and as uh, you know on another note I guess you could say traditionally speaking going back to a question earlier traditionally speaking the name men are raised to shine light and uphold the women, I guess you would say, or the mothers. Um, maternal side of the family is usually at the forefront, or you would say like the mothers are, the women are the leaders, just like the men, or also maybe even not more leaders than men, so, so to speak. And traditionally speaking, the name man is supposed to respect the mother, respect their mothers respect the grandmothers and so forth respect and that kind of lends to the teaching that there's we're supposed to respect all women got it yeah it's there's more to that it's a very deep philosophy and it's a whole other discussion but <laughs> you know actually leading from there what about Diné culture can be transferred or transitioned into um, popular culture or, or I guess other cultures uh, because many people who listen to this won't have had any exposure to Diné culture or indigenous ways so what are what are some of the most important things that you've learned from your people that you think all of us could benefit from remembering 
Okay, yeah, one basic word or way of uh, saying that we live by is to walk in beauty. And, you know, that with that comes keeping your mind clear, keeping, I mean, walking in beauty could translate to so many different ways, but, you know, beauty within yourself, beauty outside, beauty all around. You try to keep that in your mind as you're living daily life. We, as Dene people, we believe where we emerge from, we're surrounded by four sacred mountains. There's four sacred directions, four main stages of life. There's um, four sacred herbs that we partake in with ceremonies, you know, sage, cedar, sweetgrass, tobacco. And the number four kind of plays a big part in hip hop too, or popular cultures. As MCs, we rapping over four, four times signature beats. It's four main elements to hip hop. And the unity between that, like the, the cultures is represented today. There's a lot of dancers, traditional dancers who dance. And today there's dancers too who still dance traditionally. But a lot of these moves that exist in hip hop are necessarily new moves. They're all like old moves from other cultures and tr traditions too. So hip hop sort of kind of like a culmination of all these cultures. As a Diné person, there's people who sing and chant and sing songs from that have tossed, passed down through many generations ago. And it revolves around, you know, it's a drum and a circle. And MCs could be considered today sort of like modern day storytellers. Um, if you consider, you know, your verses or your poetry in that respect of like uh, holding respects to how our ancestors were ancient storytellers to this day. Maybe an MC can consider his or her work to be sort of like prayers, not just like a verse too. And if you want to add that in there, I think that connects both the past and today. And a lot of MCs can still be considered modern day storytellers today, just like from back in the day, from the ancient glyphs on the walls and canyons that were there from berry juice or what have you. So like today, the aerosol artists and writers are upholding that tradition. And the DJs of today could sort of be like the drummers from back then. Um, I just like the unity or the similarities between the culture. But hip hop is a universal culture. So it's helped me become a better man too. Wow, man. Um, being around all the hip hop ceremonies, if you consider them to be ceremony or ceremonies too, which they are. I mean, an MC, by definition, is the master of ceremony. So... <laughs> Holding like the culture of hip hop in the context of it being like a sacred um, ancient culture too, or culmination of all these ancient cultures, it's it's um, very beautiful to be a part of. And I think anybody, wow, man, anybody's allowed to partake in the ceremonies regardless of their skin tone or ethnicity, and it's it's a beautiful culture to be part of because you're able to express yourselves and. People won't necessarily judge you right offhand by your skin tone, more so your skill set, character, content. Um, I think like hip hop yeah. and our yeah. Dene cultures definitely share a lot of similarities. Oh, that's amazing, man. Um, what you were just sharing, man, was incredible for me as someone who has loved hip hop since I was 10 years old. And, you know, thinking of verses as prayers and of, you know, DJs as the drummers and, and making those parallel connections to, um, you know, the Native American church and ceremonial culture and, and like having a, a performance be a ceremony. That's, that's beautiful, man. I, I'd love to hear a little bit more of your 
hip hop philosophy, I guess, so to speak, uh, about that, because that to me is a whole different perspective on how to hold music as an, as an industry, as a practice. And I think if there were other artists who saw it that way, that could have a real influence on the culture. Yeah, I think so too, definitely. I think that's probably just what I got from being on the res and off the res, seeing hip hop shows and seeing ceremonies done. You're like, oh, I could kind of see a connection here as a youth. And I guess growing up older, you see it more. And it's like, wow, I respect that and can see it and just give thanks for it. Mm. Yeah, man. Beautiful perspective. Thank you for bringing that to my awareness too. It gives me a whole different outlook on, on hip hop and, and music as prayer. You know, I think of if, if every MC thought of his verses or his lyrics as prayers, I wonder how that would impact what they write and what they say. Cause you know, uh, everything we say, if we think of it as a prayer is going up right to the ancestors. So my poetry teacher was probably one who helped me out. And she was uh, very knowledgeable, but she said something to me that really stuck with me also. And she said, don't let the rhyme carry the message. Let the message carry the rhyme. See, as an MC, sometimes we Mm. pride ourselves as men to, I mean, it's to like kind of extend your rhyme schemes the furthest you can. So, but still make sense of it all. And what she said allowed me to kind of like stray from always having to extend and carry on my rhyme schemes to the fullest, care about what I'm actually saying, then, I mean, what the meaning is behind what I'm saying, then actually just sounding good for the sake of the rap, sort of speak. And so it's cool to know that a lot of these, a lot of women are helping men become better men and sometimes it's not the fathers that are raising these the uh, youth to become men, but she's even helped. She helped me out become a better poet. I love that quote you had there. I'm going to listen to that like 10 times, you know, let the message carry the, the rhythm. So what is the message that you're carrying? What is what is the big picture for you when it comes to your music, your message, your mission? I have so many different songs that have different messages I guess I have so many different songs that have different messages inside them, but I started as a battle rapper as a youth and realized that I wanted to apply my talent given from the most high to issues or matters that actually mean more than just entertainment value. I love battle rap and I love competitions, um, but I felt like my overall message or legacy that I was leaving wasn't exactly what I started or wasn't exactly along the lines of the reasons why I started initially because um battle rap sometimes you you know you you can win a lot of battles and gain you know a great um fan base or through exposure through all these battles but I felt like I was holding myself back in a certain way so when I started to rap about things such as um movements to save the planet earth like uh, water is life or protect sacred sites those kinds of songs became um at the forefront of my focus after seeing what was happening through social media through news through even word of mouth and even firsthand experience on um, my reservation when hydraulic fracturing and other kinds of factories started to get closer and closer to my homelands i noticed how it affected our people also the land and also um, animals. So I wanted to try to make music that was more, I guess you would say, I wouldn't want to say conscious, but 
you know, no matter what you do in life, people are going to remember you for something. And I didn't want to be remembered for being just a battle rapper. I want to leave a legacy behind in a music catalog that can be inspiring to future generations. And in that, you have to leave a great body of works. And so I wanted to stand out in another way rather than the battle rap. Uh, rather than the battle rap scene. So I focus more on the music itself. And a lot of songs that I have are also for, I guess, just people of today. And I did a couple songs that kind of honor our ancestors and future generations. I try to keep all this in mind when I'm writing songs and create content that I feel I will be comfortable listening to, even as an elder. Or I want to create content that isn't bound to our time here that we have on planet earth of trying to create art that can test the time, so to speak. And there's all kinds of messages that come with that, but really just here to try to also help out a lot of the youth. I try to do creative writing workshops as much as I can or recording workshops because I feel other people on the res who may not have the opportunity to build or create their own messages or their own stories or narratives. They definitely should have that chance and I try to provide that whenever I'm out on the res. So I'll bring the studios to a lot of schools and stuff. So that inspires me to create a lot of my rhymes and messages also. I mean, what, am I, what I'm saying is like, as for me, I didn't want to also get bound to being uh, labeled as a strictly Native American MC or indigenous MC. I kind of just wanted to be an MC first. And then maybe perhaps someone can realize or recognize that I am indigenous or of Diné descent or Native American or what have you. And I just uh, trying to exist in both of these worlds at the same time, but still get the amount of or still get the the, the credibility that comes with just creating good music, I guess, so to speak. Not that's like that the main goal, but um, when you're thinking about what I'm trying to create with my messages or leave behind, definitely want to carry the torch for both MCs worldwide and also uh, carry the torch for my people as Diné people and stuff. So there's differences too between both cultures, as we all know, but trying to bridge them together and also just stay true to who I am as a person, as an artist uh, from my cultural background too and my also my yes. second culture yes. hip-hop cultural background just staying true to to both of those is my main focus and, um, yeah. i just try to just stay active as possible in creating content that i feel comfortable with releasing because you know as soon as you put something out out there it's permanent so you kind of just have to really be yeah. cautious and yeah, be aware of what you what you're creating and the messages you're you're working on as a writer, I guess. Yeah, man. But, yeah, everybody got different different ways. Right on, brother. Well, uh, there's so much great stuff in there to unpack about legacy. Is the word that comes to mind? You know, it sounds like you're. I think that's actually a mark of a man is someone who's thinking about the mark that they will leave on the world. What will they be remembered for? Because there's really only a few humans in the history of humans that are remembered through the generations. And so when you think about probability, it's like, okay, the people you are related to, your blood family, are the ones who will remember you the most. And then, you know, depending on what you did in your life, it will ripple from there. So I think that's inspiring for anyone, especially men, to hear that you can think from that perspective. What influence will I leave behind? Because the stuff we do while we're here can or cannot ripple depending on the choices we make. And so 
as we start to bring this uh, interview to a close, what is the message you have for the younger generations, um, for First Nations boys and girls, or just all of them, all of the younger people? What would you say to them if they're listening right now? I would encourage uh, younger generations or anybody out there who's growing up right now to not be afraid to ask questions to your adults or anybody that you look up to. Um, definitely don't give up on your life. If you feel like times are getting very tense, try to take a couple of moments to just clear your mind out, take deep breaths, meditate for a few moments if you can, and at least have a moment to yourself to realize that this is whatever you're going through could be temporary and you could create a better life for you in the future and follow your dreams. I'd also encourage them to, if you don't have a bigger older brother or older sister, try to find someone that you can trust that can help you give or help give you some advice too as well. Um, Listen to your elders. I know it's tough to listen to your elders because I had a hard time doing that too, but (laughs) learn as much as you can from your elders because they're, we all have limited time here on earth and, the more you can learn from them will help you out in the future, even though it may not make sense when you're um, being told what to do all the time. Sometimes it's for the better. So trying to not let your frustrations get the best of you and hinder your growth as a person and always strive to become a better person each day. Um, what's helping me right now is just having a healthy diet trying to lay off of the sweets as a younger person I should have stopped drinking like sodas and sugars and stuff like that but that's that's really hard to do as a youth but if you can I suggest take care of yourself in that way to try to lay off the sweets a little bit out in the reservation there's a huge epidemic for diabetes and things like that so um encouraged a lot of people to Choose the healthier lifestyle for you so you can live a better life for yourself. Beautiful, man. Beautiful. Wise words for the younger ones coming up. Cool, man. Well, I've got two more things. I got two more things I was hoping we could we could wrap up with. Um, the first is, would you be willing to drop a few bars for us or I should say a prayer for us uh, that, you know, yeah. from, from the body of work that you've done so everyone can get a sample of what, you, what you're all about. Yeah, I can. I can do it right now. So this is like a one off of like an album I put out maybe five years ago, probably a little after we met. Check it out. Here it goes. Sounds of color covered by clouds of thunder hovering down as the hummingbird about in this summer we dance over sands when the land is a mother under the ground that every your bound miles above her now my lover in the middle of the crowd thinking now whenever it was I count forever then lounge and wonder if I'm bound together but without the other sheep ground the desert in my mouth the gutter you shout that separate with surrounding other we're proud like hunters this lake sun shredded away with the drum must the place rush to the lake till I take a breath from the dust to the bay pace my steps for influx to the page break the stress the brush in the sage sacred bless for all one we pray through our ancient quest I transcend negativity with the powder pen, just let it, it is like I should let her win the alphabet. So vivid with the imagery, remember, even now and then the weather when December see you settled in a silhouette, embedded in my memory forever to infinity. A legend in this legacy, the essence of serenity, rhymes readily rise, that they could divine, it'd be heavily flying to the sky weathering. Pass some blessings to the speaker, asking questions to the heavens, and the answers start to greet you from the B boys on the floor to the dancers inside the Kiva. Together we stand over the grass and sands of the Zia. I am a gathering of people, pass me the people. My prayers come from the land of the Dene Mashika, of the dip from the gift that was 
give it to be a living teacher, rhythm weavers, being ether, let the lessons lead you from the circles in the wind, from the cycles in the sky, spirals in your eye, colors blend. To understand all the mic like brother twins is the first wonder saying our earth mother spins once again from both east, southwest, and central inside our temple. We've grown and assembled, respected DJ Cedro in the Pueblo. Name is that five represented from Albuquerque, New Mexico. Woo! Oh, man. <laughs> that is just such fire right there, man. That was a powerful prayer. I'm, I'm, I'm going to have to have everybody slow it down so they can really, really, really get the wisdom you dropped there, man. It's some powerful stuff that you're weaving into your words. I love it. Thanks, man. <laughs> um, and so, you know, two more, two more questions and we can wrap it up here. This is another one I ask everybody who comes on. It's what is one thing that you've learned up to this point of your life that you wish you knew back when you were 18 years old? Hmm. One thing that I wish I learned now. I mean, one thing that I learned now that I wish I knew back then. Just stop drinking, man. Probably at a younger age. I think alcohol is what really like held me back as as a younger man, like maybe in my younger 20s, getting carried away with the nightlife um, really hindered a lot of my growth. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd say I would have probably told myself to quit drinking a lot earlier. Yeah. Yeah, I hear you, man. I, I could have used that message at a younger age too. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And so, uh, <laughs> uh, so cool, man. So then let's just wrap up by um, how can the people follow you? How can we, how can they check out your journey, what you're up to, hit us with the socials and everything you want them to know. You can follow me at Instagram and Twitter at DEF underscore I, Snapchat DEF hyphen I, same for Facebook. My artist page on Facebook is facebook.com forward slash D-E-F-R-A-P-P-E-R. It's just facebook.com slash deaf rapper. Um, I have a live band uh, project that we just put out recently. We dropped the album last Friday. So if you were interested in getting our new album or even just listening to it, you're welcome to check out our band website at didatlive.com. It's D-D-A-T live.com. And that's pretty much most of my social media um, outlets right there. Beautiful. Well, I'll make sure that I put the links up on the podcast page where we drop this episode so people can check you out. And I uh, really appreciate you making the time to come on here, man. It's been amazing no worries, to bro. witness your fun, journey, man. witness you become the artist you're you're out there in the world doing your thing, man. And that's alone, that's inspiring enough, despite the powerful message you're carrying. Hey, thank you, man. I appreciate you having me on your podcast. And shout out to everybody out there listening. I was reading a lot of inspirational quotes from other uh, men that you interviewed, and they definitely inspired me. So thank you. And thank you to everybody who has also been interviewed as well. Appreciate it. I wasn't lying to you guys, right? He's a special dude. (laughs) I know that uh, this one has a special place in my heart because number one, I love hip hop. Number two, I love the Southwest and I love indigenous culture and I love the Diné people out there. And my man Defy, we actually connected way back in 2010 for the first time at like an open mic night. And I saw him perform outside of this little record shop in Shiprock, New Mexico. And I was like, that dude's gonna be big and here we are eight years later i'm interviewing him on the rising man podcast so (laughs) lots of takeaways for me personally he blew my mind when he described how he views hip-hop as prayer and ceremony and how the mc is the master of ceremonies i was just completely blew my mind i'm still digesting that one but it actually makes sense why i love hip-hop so much the way that he described it and broke it down 
and also just having such a unique and humble perspective growing up in the Southwest. It's, if you guys haven't been out there, it's definitely a different world out there. I grew up on the East Coast outside of New York City. Definitely a different experience than growing up in the Southwest, Albuquerque, on the res. It's a different lifestyle. And if you guys haven't been there, it's a beautiful country, some beautiful people out there. And you don't really know until you, until you know. So uh, make sure you give Defy some love and check him out. Check out everybody, what they're doing down in the Southwest, some really beautiful things. All right. So like I said in the top of the show, if you guys are listening to this episode and it's striking a deep chord in you and you're still kind of feeling like, I, I don't know how to ask for the support that I need. I'm not even going to say anything else. Just reach out to me. Facebook Messenger, Jedi Azuma. Email me, JediAzuma at gmail.com. I got you. I got your back. I will take the time to support you in figuring out what that next step is because a lot of times you're just a couple of inches away from the bullseye. But those couple of inches can feel like miles away when it comes to living in your purpose, to living in your fulfillment, to living in your bliss and your truth. So let's figure out how to close the gap and get you right on target. Make sure you check out the show notes for the show and all the other shows, links and resources at therisingmanpodcast.com. Whatever podcast app you're using, please subscribe and leave a review. Snap a screenshot of it for me and send it over. I'll make sure I blast it out on the socials because we need to keep getting this message out there. I need your support to let more people know what this podcast is all about and the impact it's had on your lives. If you take that screenshot or you tag me in the screenshot or you make a post or whatever you do to show me and show the world that you're showing love for the podcast, I will make sure that I put you on the special list for this opportunity that is coming up here in just the next week. Uh, I'm still not ready to announce it yet because I want to keep it really sweet and special and secretive for all of you guys. So, um, Hang tight. It's going to be dropping here in the next week. But send those screenshots and comments and everything over to me, the podcast at gmail.com. I'm going to take care of you. Don't worry about it. While you're taking care, helping me take care of other men, I'm going to take care of you. If you haven't joined the Rising Man Facebook community yet, I don't know where you've been, but make sure you get yourself in there, okay? Facebook.com slash groups slash The Rising Man. And if you're already in there, bring some more friends along because we're on the rise, guys. We're on the rise. We're going straight to the top. And you're going to want to be on this train when we keep going to the next level because there's only more exciting things coming up. The summer is just beginning to pick up. Can you guys feel it? Can you guys feel it heating up over here? At least for us in the Northern Hemisphere, you Southern Hemisphere folks, you guys are starting to get ready for your fall and winter time. But uh, we're heating up over here, getting ready for summertime. Got a lot of amazing things coming your way, guys, in the next couple of months. So sit tight. As always, reach out to us on Instagram at The Rising Man Pod or at Jedi Azuma. That's my personal Instagram account where I've got some inspiring things going up there all the time. Shout out to Sean Offenbach, the master, the magician, the wizard himself over at Infinite Melodics. That's Melodics with an X at Infinite Melodics. He's the guy who makes it all happen, you guys. You guys hear me talk about him every week, but seriously, Sean has been on his hustle. So if you guys have any audio engineering, podcast recording, wizardry types of needs, make sure you hit up Sean because he's a special dude. All right, and then last but not least, as I always love to sign off with you guys, rise up and claim your destiny.